It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What's up, everyone? I hope y'all are prepared to have a good weekend, and I hope we bring you into the weekend very well. My name is Joe Dolan. His name is Tom Brawley, and we're going to be talking market report here on the Fantasy Points Podcast preseason week one, a little bit of a recap as we head into preseason week number two and get a little bit more action going. And, you know, the news has been flowing. Um, Tom, uh, I know John Hansen has brought up the point that he feels like there's less reporting than usual. Um, I don't know if I've if I've sensed that. Um, I will say, like, I, I've had, there's been less kind of like reports out there that you can't really sink your teeth into. Oh, this guy's the, the old phrase that I hate turning heads. Like, yeah, it feels like there's, it feels like the reports that are of the old ilk of the turning heads reports have a little bit more substance and a little bit more beef to them. Um, that, that really make it feel like you can sink your teeth into them. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but it feels like there's a, there's a little bit a, a lack of just like, you know, oh, this guy looks really good, and then he disappears during the preseason game. I'm not sure how you feel about the news. I know you've been following it as closely as I have, but uh, what, what's, what's your opinion on the reporting so far from camp? Yeah, I think it's been fine. I mean, I think it's also what time we're at. We're, we're kind of like in the middle. You know, this is always – I hate this, this kind of weekend here. This is – you know, the, the initial buzz of training camp has kind of worn off. Uh, you know, we're three-plus weeks into training camp. So, you know, the guys that have already broken out, the George Pickens, the Wandale Robinsons, the, you know, Brian Robinson, the, the, those guys that are young and, you know, ascending players, we already kind of know about them. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, we can, can keep reporting on them. But uh, so I think the timing is also part of that. We're also, you know, we're – a week before the draft start to hit. So it's just kind of the dead time of August here. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll get a little bit more playing time in some of these preseason games uh, starting this week. Uh, a lot of the starters were, you know, resting in a lot of those preseason games. So maybe we'll get a little bit more information from preseason games. But, yeah, I think we're kind of in the dead part of uh, training camp here. Right before, you know, the teams have to cut down. Uh, the guys that have created buzz are, you know, they're, they're still buzzing, but – uh, I think it's just the time of the year here as well. So um, uh, one thing I, I'll, I'll say we're going to focus on on today's podcast is really quarterbacks and running backs because yeah. I've been doing the uh, the daily lineup and 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 if you if yes, you're listening nine o'clocks nine o'clocks. <laughs> nine o'clock, nine o'clock every Tuesday through Friday morning. I'm uh, hopping on YouTube and doing just like a little morning show, like 10 to 15 minutes, just a little bit of a rundown. And the focus is on to make it kind of a fantasy show. Tom was to make it like a lineup. You know, I have a quarterback and two running backs and two receivers and a flex position. And um, this week, I have got to tell you, I have had trouble coming up with eight like substantive, substantial stories to talk about at the wide receiver position. It's been eerily quiet for wide receivers like I don't want to just go out there and not that there's a whole lot of these stories anyway but not that I want to go out there oh this UDFA made a big catch on the final drive of training camp like you know I don't want to to, to bite into that but it's been kind of tough but you and I were going through what we were going to talk about on today's show and it is like basically all quarterbacks and running backs so yeah, I want to usually st- the opposite too I like quarterbacks I feel like in years past that's like the position that like nothing really happens like in training camp yeah you, you have a couple battles going on uh, a couple rookies that you're looking at but there's usually not 
a ton of news happening at quarterback. Uh, tight end is, yeah, tight end is usually the position that nothing happens on. And uh, it's been kind of dry once again this summer uh, in terms of tight end news. But yeah, wide receiver is just weird to me. Like, it's kind of the position. There's the most players there uh, out of the skill players. So you'd think there'd be more news coming out of receiver, but kind of quiet right now. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, uh, well, okay, well, let's start, Tom, and let's start with uh, I uh, this story, man. It's over. Well, at least part of the chapter is uh, over. It's, all, it's over for now until we actually see him on the field. Deshaun Watson's been suspended. He's been suspended 11 games. So he's got a $5 million fine per Adam Schefter. Watson must comply with evaluation and treatment recommendations of a third-party behavioral expert to be reinstated into the NFL. His reinstatement is contingent upon his compliance with the treatment plan. If he doesn't comply, his reinstatement could be delayed plus further discipline. Now, Tom, normally, like, that, that word salad. First and foremost, I do know that, like, people who work in this field and are obviously infinitely more qualified to talk about this BS than I am, um... They they they've often said that like punitive punishments for sexual harassment or domestic violence don't really deter the behavior. They think therapy it, it should be part of it, and that's obviously what the NFL is getting into here. But when I, when I talk about that word salad with the the the, the behavioral expert, it, it almost feels like that kind of reinstatement. It, it, it's just it, it's cut and dry. It's it's a formality. But when I heard about how just completely unremorseful Watson was yesterday in his press conference after the suspension went down. Maybe we shouldn't consider that a formality. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, Tom, let's just cut right to the chase. In most formats, Deshaun Watson, if you even want to draft him, is undraftable in the overwhelming majority of formats. He's not going to be available until week 13. It's going to be basically two calendar years since he's taken a snap in a regular season NFL game. His schedule down the stretch is tough. I, whatever man I, I like if you want to draft them that's on you if you don't want to draft them i don't i don't i don't blame you like it, it's it's i'm not gonna touch them i haven't drafted them once yeah i'm I, not gonna draft them at all it it's it this should be a fun and positive game and, and look me not drafting deshaun watson in fantasy football has not it's not gonna improve the world okay it's not uh but it, i don't know man i I want. I still want to have fun playing fantasy at some point, and this is not fun. <laughs> and rooting for Watson is not uh, your your cup of tea there. Yeah, I I have one Watson share. I, I accidentally uh, we got a little drunk at the fantasy football expo, and I forgot to make a pick uh, late one night. Yeah, that those are my I Watson got, shares. I got too. my yeah. auto. I got auto drafted Deshaun Watson, but yeah. Otherwise, you know, I I haven't touched them all all summer here. I, I you you figure that we we were figuring that it was. I'm actually surprised that they were able to negotiate it down to 11 games. Uh, I thought the NFL was really going to, you know, lay the hammer down here, go for the indefinite suspension or at least the full year suspension. And, uh, you know, it sounded like Watson, he had, he had to be active for six games for his contract to pull. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, by the way. Okay. That's not true. Okay. Well, I saw that that uh, I saw that that I think it was Austin Gale. I think he pulled back on that report. So, okay. which is good because that would have been so overtly cynical. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that that's not the case. But okay, yeah. okay, thanks for uh, catching me there. Uh, so yeah, he's he's just I, I'm not drafting. I know we'll we'll cross that bridge later this uh, this season when you know I do the waiver wire here. Uh, you know that's that's when if you're really struggling at quarterback or whatever. Uh, like you said, maybe you, you don't want to play Watson in, on your fantasy football team because, you know, you don't enjoy it. But, uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll get to that point of the season whenever, uh, you know, once week 13 starts to roll around. But, uh, you know, there's going to be people in keeper leagues that, you know, take Watson with your last selection and, uh, you know, you get to keep, have him next year with the last pick. But uh, that, that, those are the only kind of strategies I, you know, can suggest with Watson right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just gross. I want to move on. So I'm going to move on. <laughs> Let's uh, do that. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, this thing is bizarre. Um, it, Todd Bowles said on Thursday, Tom, that he doesn't have a definitive date for Brady rejoining the Buccaneers from his absence for personal reasons. That's according to ESPN.com's Jenna Lane. He isn't concerned about it, though. But the the fact that Brady retired for 43 minutes earlier this offseason – it was, it, a, it was a little bit longer. It was forty day. It was a good long. Yeah, yeah. Time. It was. It was like a, a you know, It was more than a cup of tea. Um, it's casting a pall over this absence, right? Like, is Brady all in? And and say what you want. Look, Tom Brady doesn't need to practice. He could he could get drunk like you at the fantasy football expo and diagnose a defense while standing on his head. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Um, it, it's weird. It, it's know. weird. It, and the fact that, you know, they were saying, oh, yeah, he'll be back after the preseason, you know, the August 20th preseason game. And now Bulls is kind of noncommittal on it. And uh, even the way he phrased it, uh, we're not concerned about it right now. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that kind of implies that, yeah, we could be concerned about it next week if, uh, you know, he doesn't report back. So, uh, you know, and all the rumors are starting to fly about what what's actually happening and, is he having second, you know, is he having, uh, you know, is he second guessing this, this return and after Ryan Jensen got hurt, yeah. and, you know, he's looking at his offensive line and uh, I didn't, I, I think I just saw Tristan Wirfs picked up an oblique injury yesterday as well, which is uh, uh, anybody that's those oblique injuries, those can be son of a guns to get over. So uh, that's another, you know, offensive line injury to worry about, but uh, you know, We've been kind of low on Tom Brady all all summer. I mean, we've kind of pulled back from him. It just a just a weird off season altogether. I mean, I he was a I was just doing a best ball draft and he was available like 105 picks into it, and I needed a quarterback, and I, I passed on him. I, I went for you know I went for uh, I think a Derek Carr at the at the same spot here. Uh, there's just a, a tinge of uncertainty here. Uh, I just don't want to. I, I just don't want to be a part of. I, I, I'm, I'm concerned with this offensive line and everything that's going on, you know, around him. And now we have this: will he or won't he play? So, uh, in the end, I think he's going to come back. But oh yeah, uh, you know, I, I even gave out a bet uh, on. You know, I was doing the passing leader futures. Uh, him to throw the most interceptions this year. Uh, it's a long shot. It's uh, forty to one. Uh, you know, depending on where you're looking at. But I, I just. I, I, he he's 45 years old now. His offensive line is deteriorating. He's got a bunch of new receipt. You know, he's got, uh, you know, Holio and Russell Gage that he has no experience working with. Uh, it, it's just, there's more negatives than positives right now with Tom Brady. So I, I'm, I'm looking at other guys that are being drafted around him right now. I totally agree. Now, again, like you said, I, do I think it's most likely that he comes back in a week or two and, yeah, the Bucs are a Super Bowl contender. That's the most likely outcome. Yes. But 
Yeah, it, the fact that that's a you know, of course, I've finally started because I wasn't really drafting Leonard Fournette earlier this offseason, and then you know I got into about thirty nine thousand Pomeranians on <laughs> Underdog Fantasy, and I and I started drafting them. I'm like, I really should get in on Fournette, and then the Brady thing just gets weirder and weirder, and I'm like, Ugh. you know, no, so you gotta, draft- you're gonna have Blaine Gabbert throwing him the ball if uh, <laughs> Brady doesn't play. So all those Fournette hey. shares become dead. <laughs> Hey, Jim Q. Garoppolo is still out there. So maybe maybe Jim Q. Garoppolo could still replace Tom Brady, just like Bill Belichick predicted. So Oh my gosh. Hey. That would be that would be hilarious. All of a sudden, uh Garoppolo might have a couple of suitors here, uh, you know, between you know the, the, the Browns. The Browns, uh, you know, the oh, Jets that, have that, said they're not interested, but yeah. That that reminds me, by the way, I I forgot to mention this because I wanted to move on from Watson so quickly. Andrew Barry, the GM of the Browns, was asked about Jacoby Brissett being his starter for most of the season, and if the Browns or if the Browns will look elsewhere. And his quote was simply, "We have a lot of confidence in Jacoby." So oh, there was no was the the non answer answer, right? So I, I still think that's possible. I mean, look, Amari Cooper, a Nick of Gubb, cap space, a ton of cap yeah, space, have... Cooper. Yeah. Chubb, Garrett, I mean, it's the NFL, man. Like, these guys are in their prime right now. Like, And, yeah, no, I mean, and if you look at the Browns roster, I mean, it's it's top five, top ten, you know, quality uh, outside of the quarterback position. So, uh, do, you, do you risk wasting a, a, a season with, you know, a very talented roster here by playing Jacoby Brissett uh, when you had the chance to go, you know, you know flop a late-round pick or whatever you're going to have to do? I mean – the 49ers are basically, you know, his contract is so bloated that they're like, take him off our hands. We don't, we don't even really need anything. We just, we just want him gone here. They haven't even issued him a playbook. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I could definitely see the Browns still making a move here, but, uh, yeah, that Andrew Barry answer, uh, non-answer is very, very telling at least. Uh, let's go to the Big Apple where there's quarterbacks. There's two quarterbacks. Let's, let's start with yeah. the, um, the, uh, well, I don't want to say cut and dry, but it's at least news that we know that it's physical news and that Zach Wilson's injured. Um, every medical expert on Twitter, and, and of course our Dr. Edwin Porras will tell you that it's not an exact science, but everybody thought he tore his ACL on that non-contact play against the Eagles. Turns out he didn't. It was a meniscus tear and a bone bruise, and it's looking like two to four weeks is re- is realistic but optimistic according to Edwin four to six weeks is probably the more prudent timeline for Zach Wilson Joe Flacco is going to start week one week two maybe um he's reportedly having a good camp but it seems like the Jets dodged a bullet here with with Wilson Tom does this change how you're drafting the Jets by the way like how you're drafting you know maybe Elijah Moore or, or Brees Hall or or Garrett Wilson anybody because Frankly, for me, it really doesn't because I do think, say what you want about Flacco, he'll be able to keep them on the straight and narrow behind a much improved offensive line. Yeah, this this has absolutely no effect. I wasn't drafting very much Zach Wilson to begin with, and now he's kind of off the radar here. Uh, you know, maybe a, <clears throat> a QB3 in best ball formats, but uh, I think I even said to you guys at the Fantasy Football Expo, I'm like, well, I'm moving up the Jets receivers now that uh, Joe Flacco's going to be the quarterback. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I... I could see them, you know, I probably will like uh, Elijah Moore a little bit the first or uh, first week or two of the season when he when uh, Flacco is in the lineup. So, yeah, this doesn't really change anything. You know, this passing game is, you know, probably a bottom 10 uh, unit coming into the season anyway. 
you know, Wilson, you know, I want to see Wilson play. You know, we know Flack, you know, what Flacco he's can talented. do. He's had his time. Uh, you know, he's a backup quarterback at this point. We want to see, you know, Wilson struggled last year, but, you know, he showed some flashes, uh, at, you know, especially in the second half of the season after he, uh, you know, what was a PCL injury last year. So, uh, to his knees. So, I want to see him get another chance to develop here. Luckily, we avoided the major injury, but, uh, you know, we had everybody had their breath, you know, uh, taken away, you know, looking at that injury last week because, you know, it was it was like the prototypical ACL tear on non-contact. Uh, you're you're making a cut uh, and the knee gives way. So for him to, you know, uh, you know, kind of avoid a major injury here, uh, you know, now at least get to see uh, you know, Wilson play here, hopefully early in the season. Yeah. And look, Tom, say what you want about Wilson, but he did have some flashes last year and I'm not, nobody is, is Josh Allen, but Josh Allen had his struggles his first couple years in the NFL. And, and I have to wonder what if Josh Allen suffered a severe knee injury yeah. heading into his second season? Would he be Josh Allen right now? Probably uh, not. I, you know, he, probably he not. needed that, needed that year. You know, he took his lumps and, uh, continue to get, you know, that was a probably an important step in his, you know, maturation. So yeah, you, you, you don't want a, a second year quarterback that you, you took in the first two picks to, you know, have a, a serious injury here. So, uh, you know, I'm glad for the jets and I'm glad for Wilson that he's going to get back on the field here pr- relatively soon. Yeah. And like, and look, and the jets here, uh, it's, it's easy to make fun of the jets and Edwin has some questions about their medical staff, but you know, they look, they, they're in the division with the Bills. They saw what the Bills did to insulate and, you know, put Allen in a position to succeed with, like, the Stefan Diggs trade. And, look, they went out and they attacked. Oh, Tom, they improved literally every position on that offense this offseason. Every position. And it would have been a shame if you didn't get to see Zach Wilson in that environment. So I'm excited we're going to see it. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. So, uh, the medical staff, uh, you know, Robert Sala, <laughs> he said that Wilson's already on his feet. I'm like, uh, Edwin Porras was saying to us like, uh, no, he shouldn't be on his feet already. He just had major surgery. So I hope he actually wasn't on his feet. Uh, uh you know, the day Maybe after the surgery. Or something, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right, Tom, let's move to the other New York quarterback. And I, the vibes were better earlier in the offseason with the Giants. Um, not so much now. Um, Brian Dable said this week that they're planning to give Tyrod Taylor reps with the first team offense in practice in the remaining preseason games. And I don't think this is a coincidence. It came a day after Daniel Jones had a practice in which he went 6 of 20 with two interceptions. Now, you, they can say whatever they want. Of course, the, 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 the line is going to be, well, we're just getting Tyrod ready in case we need to play him. Bullshit, okay? Um, you cannot tell me that Daniel Jones can't use every single rep in a new offense, okay? This is an indication that his leash is short and... The only guy I really have good vibes on, well, outside of Wandale Robinson, who's who's yeah, great favorite. I mean, I think that's a fantasy points favorite pick, uh, right around yeah. 150. You know, that last pick of the draft. Everybody take Wandale Robinson with your final pick. Yeah, and um, I, I still have good vibes on Saquon because he has an absolutely massive chip on his shoulder. Um, but they, they, they can say whatever they want about Daniel Jones not getting all the first team reps. This is not a good sign for Daniel Jones. No, you know, the the tea leaves have been indicating, you know, from the beginning of the offseason that 
the lease might be pretty short. Uh, they could have uh, given him the fifth year extension. Uh, he was a you know first round pick, so this is he's entering the final year of his uh, four year deal. Uh, they had the option of picking up uh, you know that I, was, I think it's about twenty five million. It probably would have been around, which is you know relatively cheap compared to uh, the other the the top of the market at quarterbacks. And they passed on that. Uh, they brought in Tyrod Taylor. <clears throat> Say what you want about him, but at this point in his career, he's established himself as you know one of the top backup quarterbacks that you can have. So uh, they go out and get him. It's not like Mike Lennon is behind him anymore. Uh, they actually have a cop- competent backup quarterback. So uh, this is kind of the, the final straw that that indicates that if it's you know they'll probably give him the first couple games, the first month or two. But, you know, they want to develop, you know, they're, they're, they're not just developing Daniel Jones. They have an entire team that they want to develop. They want to, you know, develop mm-hmm. a culture. They want, they want to get some winning, uh, you know, starting to, starting to happen in New York again. It's been a, a you know, a long decade here. Uh, so, you know, and, and if Daniel Jones is not playing at a high level, they have a quarterback who's capable behind them. So uh, I, I took... I, I added a bet. I, I took under 21 and a half passing touchdowns for Daniel Jones this week. Love that. Uh, you know, I, I, it just looks like he might not get all 17 games at this point, unless he, you know, uh, you know, starts to improve here, but you know, practice, you know, practice reports are indicating that he's uh, struggling a bit at this point. So, and that's what we've seen the last two years, a lot of struggles. So I'm uh, not, not feeling totally confident in Daniel Jones right now. He was a guy I was kind of drafting a little bit, uh, late, you know, as my second quarterback, but uh, I've certainly cooled on on that in August here. Uh, you know, I've pivoted to, to mostly Mac Jones as my second quarterback uh, late in drafts and best balls. John Hansen had uh, Adam Schefter on the Fantasy Points podcast earlier this week, and I would implore mm-hmm. you to check that out. John also did a pod with Greg Cosell, which, I mean, Tom, you know uh, how long I've known John and I've known Cosell for 13 years, and I would argue that their their podcasts together are as good a football podcast as there is, not just a fantasy podcast. Um, but the Adam Schefter podcast had a lot of news notes and nuggets in it. And one of those news notes and nuggets was that Schefter doesn't believe that Alvin Kamara is going to get suspended this season because his attorneys continue to push back his trial. He was arrested on felony battery charges in Las Vegas while at the Pro Bowl in February. Um, his next court hearing won't be until September 29th. This has been pushed back since February, and it and this jives with a lot of the reports from Nick Underhill, who's as plugged in a Saints beat reporter as there is um, from New Orleans Football, that the Saints just don't believe Kamara is going to get suspended this year. Tom, he was at points a third round pick this offseason. As a matter of fact, I got him in the fifth round of the Scott Fishbowl. Like um, he's now consistently a second round pick, but I got to tell you. You know, we're talking about one of the greatest fantasy football that we're at the point in Kamara's career where we can call him one of the greatest fantasy football players of all time. Um, And he's available in the second round of drafts, man. uh, I mean, let's just say you draft Jamar Chase, say like six overall and Kamara sitting there for you in the middle of the second round. That's a pretty juicy start. Oh, absolutely. I, I, his ADP is still, you know, kind of low at this point. I mean, uh, he's about 19 picks off the board. Uh, You know, he's the 12th running back. And if you look at it, uh, you know, he's been a first round pick, uh, you know, every year of his career outside of his rookie season. So uh, he's consistently one of the best uh, options that you can have at running back. You know, the situation is a bit different this year with, uh, you know, with Michael Thomas getting back, 
uh, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, is, has a brand new receiving core, but you know, with Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry as well. But I still think, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to be fed. And I, I think the Saints, uh, they were kind of covering up Winston a little bit last year. Uh, and then he went down and they had, you know, the Trevor Simeon poo-poo platter uh, for the second half of the season. So uh, I think they're going to be a bit more aggressive. I, everything that they've done this offseason suggests that they're going to throw the ball a little bit more here by bringing in all these, uh, you know, all these upgrades at receivers. So, uh, you know, I think Pete Carmichael is going to, uh, you know, ex- you know, expand the offense a little bit here. So uh, Kamara is still an excellent pick, uh, even though his ADP has risen a little bit. Uh, I think you can make our, I, I like a lot of those second round running backs, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, I, I have a tough time poking holes in, in many of them right now. So uh, I don't mind taking, you know, as you said, taking a receiver in the first round, going Jamar Chase or Stephon Diggs or uh, grabbing one of those receivers in the first round. Cause I like Kamara. I like Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley's price tag has risen a little bit, but um, you know, the, I, I have no issues taking any of those second round running backs right now. And now DeAndre Swift uh, uh, yep. among them after Deuce Staley reamed him out there yeah. on, uh, on hard knocks. Get it knocks. inside! Get it inside! <laughs> well, um, well, uh, Deuce, uh, I mean, obviously we know he's a great coach, uh, uh, very respected, uh, one of the great running back coaches in the NFL, probably a future head coach. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that was that was a challenge from him, man. Like you can be the best there is, uh, and and when you watch Swift, I. I I kind of agree, Tom. He can be the best there is. That's that's neither here nor there, but that's just a, a point that you know DeAndre Swift is a second round pick now too. So man, those set th- this might be the best crop of second round running backs I can remember. But I I think you could make a case for all of them. Yeah, and Aaron Jones and uh, you know AJ Dillon were making a little bit of news this week. Rogers was saying that you know those guys could catch fifty passes this season. Uh, Jones has been kind of right right around that range, but uh, it does sound like the Packers might actually you know, use, you know, some of their, you know, their two running backs on the field at the same time. Cause uh, you know, Rogers was on a little bit of a rampage uh, yelling at his receivers this, this week. So uh, you know, Aaron Jones is another guy I, I really love in that range. Let's go to uh, some of the mid round running backs. Uh, many might argue these are dead zone running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure about that because I can see the appeal of both of them. Let's go to Seattle where Rashad Penny and Kenny Walker are, are both in the news. Excuse me, Ken Walker. Ken. Uh, I don't want to call don't want to call him Kenny if he doesn't like being called that. Um, so Rashad Penny last week, Tom, had a groin injury. And, well, here we go again. Well, he doesn't play in the first preseason game while Walker does. So earlier this week, Rashad Penny returns from practice from the groin injury. Ken Walker's out with a groin injury that Pete Carroll described as, quote, a little hernia thing. And then the next day, Pete Carroll said, as detailed as Pete always gets on, on, on injuries, Tom, as you well know, he had, quote, a procedure on the little hernia thing. Now, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network then reported this was not a sports hernia. It was uh, likely an inguinal hernia, which our boy Weibel had. Yeah, um, you nailed had that. One... You nailed that, inguinal. Yeah, uh, it, it's, uh, I had one when I was three years old, Tom. I am fully recovered now. Um, and, and no I'm lifting one... heavy weights right now. No, no, uh, Tom, I, I don't lift heavyweights ever. <laughs> but uh, um, the, I can see you with those little five-pound dumbbells. <laughs> oh yeah, oh I got, I got the, I got the thirty-pounders. Oh, you know, okay, I, well that's 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 heavy. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but you know, just get a little, get a little. Uh, my triceps suck, by the way. Oh my, 
Uh, you know, I do those like the tricep, uh, cur- uh, tricep uh, kickbacks. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it lights my arms on fire. That is my least favorite like exercise. Yeah, ever. Anyway. that was back when I was quarterbacking in high school. That was tricep. You always had to work the triceps because that was pretty uh, pivotal. Because the way you throw a ball, the last finger off the ball is the, you know the pointer finger there, and that really. You're flicking, you know. You're you're really using your yeah. triceps. So that was uh, I. I did always had pretty decent triceps. The the rest of my body, the biceps, the chest, I you know flab all over the place. But triceps, I, you know, I always had pretty good triceps. <laughs> well, my triceps suck. Um, but anyway, this is not Kenny Walker's uh, Ken Walker's triceps. Um, it sounds like an inguinal hernia, and what that is, guys, um, I it's when your intestines kind of poke through your abdominal muscles. Ow. Um, and according to Rappaport, Walker was probably practicing and playing with this, which shows you his luck, by the way, because yeah, a ruptured inguinal hernia would have been far worse to correct than just your run-of-the-mill inguinal hernia, which are common, by the way. Um, he probably picked this up while weightlifting, and he had to have surgery to repair it. That is what this sounds like. Um there is a chance, and there's actually a Pete Carroll said there's an expectation that Walker will be ready by week one. But what I think this does, Tom, is it significantly lowers his chances of being an immediate contributor. Um, but it seems like we avoided a serious situation here with Ken Walker. He probably will be available early in the season. Yeah, I, I, I think he might still miss the first game or two. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but. He's at least going to miss out on, you know, important reps here to, to finish training camp. I mean, if there was any doubt, uh, I think it's it's now Rashad Penny's job at the beginning of the season here. Uh, you know, unfortunately, because I have dra- – I know you have drafted uh, Kenny Walker quite a bit too. My most ball. drafted running back. Yeah, I have I have quite a bit of him too. He's probably top ten for me in terms of guys that I've drafted. So, I, you know, I still like his upside for the rest of the season. Uh, we know – that, you know, Rashad Penny's obviously had a lot of issues staying on the field uh, through his first four seasons. But, you know, if there was any doubt, it's it's kind of Penny's job now. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I think they're going to mix and match both of those both of those guys quite a bit. But uh, it could be a little bit slow off the mark here for Kenny Walker. Or Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker, where whatever we're calling him. But, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit of a discount here. Uh, haven't haven't checked out the ADP recently, but... You know, he was kind of going right after 100 picks in. Maybe he starts to slide a round or two, uh, and he becomes a little bit more appealing. Maybe, you know, maybe you're drafting him as you're like your fifth or sixth running back and kind of stash him a little bit early in the season. But he has he has major upside. I know that was one of Grant, you know, Grant Bar- Barfield's favorite uh, running backs coming out in, in recent seasons here. So he has a lot of upside. Uh, didn't, didn't really show us much in the passing game, but uh, one heck of a runner coming out. So... Uh, you know, maybe this helps his ADP a little bit. I, I'm I'm curious about Penny though. Uh, you know, we'll touch on a couple of these guys a little lower, but uh, Antonio Gibson, you know, Josh Jacobs, Elijah yeah. Mitchell, they're all kind of losing steam here. Uh, even you know, a little bit of Clyde edwards hilaires losing steam. So uh, I'm curious if Penny is going to see his ADP uh, start to move maybe into that seventh round range. Um, by the way, just a, a little bit of an update here, just because we talked about Daniel Jones, Brian Dable's talking right now. Um, and he said that their offensive line is so depleted right now, the Giants, which by the way, personnel wise, very improved, but they've had a lot of injuries in yeah. camp that Dable's not even sure if the starters are going to play in the second preseason game against the Bengals. So oh just, uh, gosh. 
Uh, yeah, I know they had uh, you know, Lemieux uh, picked up an ankle injury. I, I didn't realize that they were so depleted, though, that they, they might not even be able to play their top guys, which is which is a shame because, they yeah, you, like you said, they're breaking in a new offense. They want to get they as many reps, reps as possible. Yeah. yeah, as many reps as possible. And, uh, that's kind of a blow for Daniel Jones and company there as well. Man, it, you were right, Joe, that I, I was feeling pretty good about the Giants the first week or two, and everything is – it's kind of con- – apocalyptic here the last week or two uh it just yeah, saquon's the one guy who hasn't gotten hurt <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah he's been the one guy that's been on the field most of the time yeah it, it's it's been pretty rough here the last two weeks for the giants let's go to san francisco where um kyle shanahan loves to mess with us and he loves to mess with his own players i don't know how effective that strategy is it seems to have worked for brandon Ayuk, but in the backfield elijah mitchell now we have been told that Shanahan loves Elijah Mitchell. Here is part of the problem. Um, He's got a hamstring injury, and he's going to be out the remainder of the preseason. Um, Injuries were a problem for Mitchell last year. They they drafted Tyrion Davis-Price in the third round of the draft. They obviously have Trey Sermon from last year's third round, and they still got another one of Shanahan's boys, Jeff Wilson, on that roster, who apparently has been their number two running back in camp. Tom, Eli Mitchell is a guy I dabbled in a little bit because he had such a good year last year, and maybe I didn't want to overthink this, but man, we know that Shanahan has the world's most welcoming doghouse. Like, he'll invite anybody in there, whether he likes them or not, and I'm starting to get weird vibes from this backfield, and you also know that the thing that's tough about it is anybody who goes back there is going to produce numbers for fantasy. Yeah, I do, you know, we, we've been told that Shanahan loves Mitchell, and you can just see it based on his numbers when he's been healthy last year. Uh, you know, he was averaging close to 19 rushing attempts per game. Uh, in the postseason, they were feeding them the ball, uh, you know, before they were eliminated in the conference championship. So uh, it's pretty clear that Shanahan absolutely loves Mitchell. Um, but it's the it's he just can't stay healthy. And now we have a hamstring injury. Uh, that was one of the few body parts that he didn't hurt last year. He had a shoulder injury. He had a rib injury. Yeah. He had a concussion. He had a finger injury. And he had a knee injury last year. So uh, now we can add hamstring to that uh, you know, long list of body parts that he's injured. So um, Mitchell, I still like him. I, you know, He's going to be one of those guys that uh, probably better off for best ball or you know, one of these formats where you don't have to set a lineup. Uh, because he's going to be pretty, probably pretty frustrating during the season. He's going to be one of those guys that plays probably two weeks, uh, misses two weeks, on, you know, on and off the field. But whenever he's going to be on the field, I think he's, you know, probably going to be locked in as a pretty high-end RB2. So uh, I think he's going to be continue to dominate the touches in this backfield. But uh, it, it all comes down to door, durability questions with him. And uh, I know Edwin was saying that, He's going to be in his high volatility, you know, the, his red light, you know, little little caution here with Eli Mitchell and uh, and for good reason with the number of injuries that he's picked up just in the, the first year plus that he's been in the league. Uh, let's go to a, 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 a running back who's just plummeting down draft boards. Um, and, and Tom, I think there's always a point where you can draft anybody. Um, <laughs> I have not at any point been excited to press the button on Antonio Gibson. And I think like we talked earlier about Deshaun Watson, how all my shares are from when I fell asleep and yeah, didn't miss exactly my pick on, uh, uh, on, on certain places. That's the same thing with Antonio Gibson for me. I haven't pressed the button once. Um, it, it just feels like 
this is a player that they are angling to replace as their top running back. Remember, he didn't play running back in college, so there is an instinctive part of playing the position that he uh, hasn't displayed, right? Yeah. Like, And Brian Robinson has it, and J.D. McKissick's a great pass catcher. Uh, Antonio Gibson fumbled. By the way, ball security is A number one. He fumbled during the preseason. He's getting time with the second-team offense during the preseason game. Then he's on special teams. I mean, uh, look, Ron Rivera's an old-school guy. He's going to punish or or discipline guys in his way. But that doesn't change the fact that the steady drumbeat for Gibson, ever since the start of this offseason, has been nightmarish uh, for his prospects. Yeah, I I even go back to the pre-draft process that – uh, they were bringing in Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, you know, for meetings. And they, of course, brought in uh, Brian Robinson, who they took in the third round. So they've been looking for his successor since, you know, since March, basically. Uh, and Gibson did himself no favors. Uh, the one thing he couldn't do in the first preseason game was fumble, basically. Don't do anything. Just, you know, get a couple yards on your carries and get the hell out of the game. And the one thing he does is fumble. Uh, had six of them last year so instantaneously he's he's put himself in the doghouse um i at this point i i just i I don't know where gibson could fall that i would want to take him i mean i've moved him down in my you know our best ball rankings i I have him 100 plus picks into my my rankings now at this point i i have robinson still below him but it might not be long until robinson is ahead of him uh they apparently have loved him so far in camp um, you know, he's not a flashy player at all. You know, he's a big kind of a grinder, but he's going to have, he's going to have his opportunities here. He might be the top running back at this point. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to follow it here. Their, their preseason game. I don't know if, uh, I haven't seen if, uh, Washington is planning on playing their starters, but, uh, if they are, I'll be quite interested to see the running back rotation between Gibson and Robinson to see who's in the game first here. And we know McKissick's going to be the passing down guy. Like, that's not going to change no matter who is the top running back, right? Yeah, that's not going to change. Yeah, McKissick has kind of had that role on lockdown the last couple of years here. So, which which is just bizarre. Yeah, you you were saying, Joe, like, we didn't know what position he was. I I can remember Greg Cosell telling us he thought he was a slot receiver coming out of Memphis. So, uh, and the fact that he's had, like, no, you know, not a major role in the passing game uh, is just befuddling to us. So, they've handled Gibson really weird since the, you know, since the start. And uh, it looks like he's slowly getting phased out of this offense right now. Uh, let, let's wrap up the podcast on a positive note from uh commander's camp. Um, it turns out it looks like John Dotson has been the man, like the guy, like he, State, he's been Penn State representing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they apparently freaking love this kid, and they can move him around. You know, McLaren prefers to play on one side of the formation, and Dotson gives them a little bit more versatility. Now, I'm not sure how productive Dotson's going to be for fantasy with Carson Wentz pulling the trigger. Nonetheless, uh, I mean, a guy who's available like 60 wide receivers into a draft, I think you could do a lot worse at the end of your bench than Jahan Dotson. Yeah, and we're just talking about the struggles with the Washington backfield. I mean, uh, there's a possibility that, you know, they, they want to probably hide Wentz a little bit. We saw at the end of the, last year with the Colts uh, how much they were hiding him uh, behind Jonathan Taylor. The, the commanders might not have that option. They might have uh, a shaky, you know, a shaky backfield, a shaky tandem at running back. So uh, between Robinson and uh, Gibson running the ball. So they might have to be a little bit more pass heavy than they want. And uh, Dotson, you know, from day one since he got in there, 
Uh, he's been kind of the darling of Commander's Camp back all the way to rookie OTAs there. So uh, it looks like he's pretty solidified as the number two receiver. Uh, Curtis Samuel's been kind of slow off the mark as well. Uh, you know, he he had the sports hernia issue there last year and really struggled to get back. Oh, to they completely messed that up, Tom. Yes, I they mean, did. They... Yeah, he, they butchered it and, you know, they handed him a big contract and uh, it just looks like it, it's going to, going to go to waste here but uh Dotson you know they use a first round pick on him they have every intention of playing him right away and uh he's been a professional both on and off the field is the way the the Washington Post reporter uh put it you know from his route running from you know what they've been asking him to do and just the way he handles him and handles himself in practices so uh Dotson is I you know we've loved taking him he's very affordable he's about 140 picks uh, off the board, uh, you know, stash him away as your wide receiver five or six. And uh, he could be an impact player, you know, pretty pretty early in his career here. And uh, I also gave out his over on his uh, receiving prop and uh, his receiving yards prop at 6'11 and a half at DraftKings still. Uh, if you look at BetMGM, it's 5'99 and a half. So uh, I think that's a, a very doable number for a guy who's going to, you know, basically be a full-time player, right, you know, right from the beginning in week one here. Yeah, by the way, Tom, I mean, we're heading into draft season here. It's getting getting good to know uh, some of these guys who might be available in the later rounds of your hometown leagues. And I, I, I always have to remember that, you know, I'm drafting all these best ball teams that have 18 rounds, 20 rounds, and I'm drafting guys here who aren't going to get drafted in hometown leagues that are like 12, 13 rounds long. And it's fun to know like guys like Dotson who might be able to be at the end of your bench who can help your team. And I would think, Tom, uh, at, at Fantasy Points, we're going to be putting together Mr. Relevant here. Oh, yeah. Basically, this weekend, our favorite picks, 150-plus picks into your draft, uh, for focused on you guys in your hometown leagues. Uh, and I, I think Dotson, if his ADP is there, is going to be on it. But we have a, a couple other guys who are going to be on it. Tom, you've been constantly updating um, the, the values, overvalues, uh, yeah, articles. I'll, I'll be, I'm updating those this week. Uh, they'll be, you know, I'll be updating those pretty much Thursdays and Fridays during the uh, rest of the summer here. Uh, as you said, Mr. Relevant, uh, I'll start putting that together Monday and, that, you know, hopefully we'll have that posted by Wednesday or Thursday next week. And that, you know, that's usually our guys that are drafted, uh, you know, 150 plus picks into drafts. Dotson might not fall into that range, but you know, there's some guy. you know, we were talking about Wandale Robinson earlier today. Uh, he'll, he'll most certainly be on that list and, you know, we'll go position by position and, uh, list off our favorite guys for the end of draft. So, uh, a lot, a lot of exciting stuff. I, I know Scott Barrett put up his, uh, his, my guys. The my guys. So yeah. yeah, we're, we're, we're trotting out all of our big time articles right now. We know not necessarily this weekend, but you know, next weekend is, you know, after those third preseason games, third and final preseason games. Now that, that's when drafts really start to happen and, uh, start to happen. So uh, all our major draft articles are pretty much up on the site right now. And I know uh, you're just like me. Um, I, I constantly have my uh, Mac and iPhone calendar open and I'm like, I'm scheduling drafts and I'm trying to fit drafts in here. Tom, you, me, you and Graham had a lot of success on the NFFC high stakes last year. Um, we're in a couple of those again this year, the three bros. T- I mean, the, yeah, come I've got, draft I'm with us. At, when are we drafting? Uh, August 31st. In... August 31st at 7 p.m. in the NFFC primetime. Yep. And then August August 6th at 8 p.m. in the NFFC prime. Hey, or excuse hey, me, September 6th. Anybody out 8. there want to challenge us? You know, come on and we'll we'll have a little friendly competition. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably come. take your money because that's what we did last year. But. 
Well, um, last year's uh, success doesn't guarantee this year's success. That's right. We got to come in humble, Joe. Um, I, 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 we've got our auction draft coming up. I'm in the flex leagues, uh, on Wednesday, Tom, I know your calendar is wide ass is, is well, not wide ass. It's, full. it's completely booked. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you're looking to, you know, hit me up, uh, you know, get, you gotta, you know, check my calendar first, but yeah, it's, this is my favorite time of year. But as you said, Joe, we're, we're kind of, we're just kind of in that middle ground right now. It's just like, Oh, all right, let's get through this weekend. And then draft season's here. So. Uh, I'm ready for it. We've been doing all these articles. We've been reading all the news, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll get you ready if you if you're on the site. There's plenty of articles to to help you through your draft. And if you want to sign up for FantasyPoints.com and you haven't been listening already, first and foremost, uh, our prospect guide with Greg Cosell uh, and Wes Huber's profiles for both rookie and Devi, that's discounted to $10 down from $25. On top of that, use code Brawley 22 and you can get an extra 10% off any package uh, that you want. Add in, add in the prospect guide. Add in, you know, a premium subscription so you can get Tom's betting content and you get an extra 10% off. It is the best deal in fantasy. We're expanding into data and charting this year. Um, Tom, it, it, look, we're spending money. Um, we, we spent a lot of money uh, to get things better, improving the DFS optimizer, improving uh, the fantasy points generator, which is basically a live cheat sheet for your for your draft. Yeah, that, uh, yeah if you don't want to read all our articles, just use the generator. That you know, that, yeah, will, that'll put, that, that'll, that will spit out all our guys that you, you want to draft, too. <laughs> Yep. Well, uh, Tom, uh, I don't want to make this too much of a commercial, so we're going to wrap it up here. My name's Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. His name is Tom Brawley at Tom Brawley on Twitter. Follow Fantasy Points on Twitter at Fantasy PTS. Remember to check out my uh, daily lineup show on yep. YouTube as well every Tuesday through Friday at 9 a.m. And then, of course, Tom, the beauty of YouTube, it's on demand after that all day. So you can check it out uh, uh, throughout the NFL season. I'm going to be doing that every Tuesday through Friday. You've got so much stuff coming up. We've got so much stuff coming up. Our guy Kukanis, like behind the scenes, <laughs> he's uh, like, I hate the, August. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the hardest working man in fantasy. But uh, even him, uh, things slip through the cracks because we have so much freaking content going. Up. It drives me nuts too. We got college football coming down. We're gonna have all, all kinds of stuff with that. I, I mean, just unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Tom, it's been good talking to you. It's been good talking to you, the listeners out there. Thanks for joining us on uh, the Market Report podcast. I hope everybody has a Fantastic weekend. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.